The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, uh, you know, we're always trying to help people and give them practical advice for their life and work them through practical and consistent uh, problems that they may be dealing with on a financial basis Mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, And what we're really trying to do is keep people from making mistakes, you know? From messing up stuff that yep. otherwise they wouldn't mess up if they had the right information. And right. sometimes it takes a lot more effort and trouble to, to fix something oh. rather than doing it correctly on the front end, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember... Uh, uh, and, I mean, and, and we know that just from working in the yard, right? Oh, yeah. A job worth doing is a job worth doing right yeah. the first time. Oh. One time. Oh, goodness, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a- even, even if it may cost a little bit more what mm-hmm. you're going to save in the long run by doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had this class, this trig class mm-hmm. in college, way back eons ago when I was in college. I had this trigonometry class. T- the, the professor came in, and he, he had the absolute look of one of those nutty professors. Mm-hmm. You know, he had all the hair that... Kind of right. looked like Einstein's mm-hmm. sticking yep. out and had the big, thick glasses and came in carrying this this, this satchel. Okay. You couldn't call it an attache. You couldn't call it a briefcase. Right. It was this just big satchel. And, it, it, it you know, he, he looked around and he had one of those voices like that. And he told us, he said, I don't want anybody in this class to make less than a B. But it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And so he said, we're going to have tests every two weeks. I'm going to give you lots of homework. The homework will help you with the test. If you make less than a B on any of the tests, you come see me, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what you need to do to fix it. Okay? So the first two or three tests, I did what I was supposed to. I did all my homework. Yeah. I mm-hmm. studied. I made A's. Okay? I was good. Yeah. About the fourth or fifth test, I get cocky. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do all the homework. Yeah. I didn't prepare. And so I made like a 79 on the yeah. test, which was technically a C. Right. So I go see him, and, and you know what it took to fix that? <laughs> Lord, I felt like I became his indentured yeah. servant. Mm-hmm. So what that taught me was, don't do that yeah. again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you, you could have fixed it right. on the front end. Right. But you did. So that's what we're trying to do here is to keep people from making mistakes. And we have told people before that really you as a person are divided up in five different expressions, physical, mental, spiritual, social, financial. That Those right. are your expressions to the world of who you are, mm-hmm. how you have an effect on the world. So if I were to ask somebody on the street, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made in your life that maybe you could have fixed if you were had prepared, like I could have fixed yeah. not having to do all that work for him if I'd have done just a little bit of work on the front end, 
yeah. and not made the C in the first place. So what do you think most people would say? I, you ask me that question, and I say, let me count the ways, right? <laughs> Especially in all yeah, those five areas. In all areas. those five areas, right? Yeah, physical, yeah, yeah make some mm-hmm. mistakes probably every yeah. day. Uh, financial and mm-hmm. spiritual and social. Right. And all those ways, I'm making mistakes. You know what I find is most of my mistakes would have been less, less mm-hmm. if I'd addressed them in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have had that big argument with a friend of mine or with a family member right. if I'd have probably addressed something a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, but now it festered and right. now it's gotten worse. And so I'll just let it go. Mm-hmm. So the reason I was thinking about these mistakes and all the things you could do to fix mistakes was that a couple days ago, I listened to Dr. Kelly again. He's J.P. Morgan senior uh, yeah. economist, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is Dr. David Kelly, and I, I listened to one of his, his webinars. And um, he's, he started out with somebody asked him, what is the biggest investment mistake you have made yep. throughout your career? Okay. Okay? That's a, that's a pretty heady question. And you've and you got to have a little bit of guts to ask David Kelly this right. question. Right. Yeah, huh? you do. Mm-hmm. Huh? It, it, it's kind of like going up to Michael Jordan and say, Michael, I know you got all of these accolades mm-hmm. and all those mm-hmm. rings. Yeah. But what was the biggest mistake the you ever made in basketball? basketball mistake. Yeah. You know, and you're expecting him mm-hmm. to go, you know, probably in junior high school. Or, you yeah. know, and it, I didn't make the high school team, but mm-hmm. I bet Michael Jordan could give you a mistake he made maybe in his last game. Oh, yeah. I mean, something that's just still wearing mm-hmm. on him. And so somebody had the guts to ask David Kelly what was the biggest investment mistake he made. So it's interesting that you say that. I think it would be really interesting if you take some of the other famous investors out there, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Warren Buffetts of the world, mm-hmm. uh, Sir John Templeton's, mm-hmm. and ask them the same question and see yeah. see what their biggest mistake was. Yeah, I'd like to know. You that. might learn something because they write yeah. books all the time about right. their successes, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, we've all read those books, Mm -hmm. but what's the biggest mistake? So somebody asked Dr. David Kelly what his biggest mistake was, and he said, you know, it wasn't something that came out of left field, because I really can't call that a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, like this pandemic, I can't call that I didn't have every, all my ducks in a row for a pandemic a mistake, Right. but there are some other things that I probably Mm -hmm. saw happening and I didn't either take advantage mm-hmm. of them or I didn't prepare for them. And you and I have talked about this to our clients before. You know, they can be, and you see this a year or two ago, riding along in this crest where the market was had two or three really good years, yeah. and they want to hang in there, and you're trying to help them prepare for what you know is coming. Right. Inevitably, what's coming. Mm-hmm. A correction. Yep. Inevitably, you know, all of those growth stocks are not going to do well mm-hmm. next year. All those tech stocks, you know, we need to kind of little t- maybe take a little bit of mm-hmm. profit off the table when we can and prepare for or put it in another sector. All that preparation stuff. But do we want to do that? No. Why not? We're greedy. Absolutely. And we, we love success while we've got success. So today we're going to talk about mistakes 
that maybe we have made or mistakes that we could have avoided if we had done something here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot to all of our sponsors of the Advisors Roundtable. You hear their spots in between each one of these segments, and uh, we want to say thank you to them. Uh, many of them are new, and uh, some of them have been with us from the very beginning over the last few years, and uh, we're very appreciative. We couldn't be here without them, as I said. So, Bubba, today we're talking about mistakes. Um, uh, Dr. David Kelly, as I alluded to in the first segment, was asked that question, what's your biggest investment mistake? And he says, uh, it's not uh, the things that I, I, I couldn't or didn't anticipate. Those can't really be anti- or, uh, described as mistakes. Uh, my, my largest mistakes were rather the risks and problems that I have faced because I saw quite clearly the thing, the, the mistake, the problem, mm-hmm. but I didn't do anything about it. Um, and I, I think we see that with people. We, we see that, hey, you're taking too much money out of your retirement account. Mm-hmm. It ain't going to last you until you're 90. And you're in pretty good condition as a 78-year-old. Right. You're probably going to live till 90. That's 12 more years. Mm-hmm. You're taking too much money out. Yeah. The math just doesn't work. How do people react when you tell them about this anticipated mistake that, that, that they're going to make? How do they re- react when you really raise the red flag? So, so I've seen uh, uh, all sorts of uh, reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is is the reaction, oh, well, you're right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to change the way I'm doing things mm-hmm. and adjust okay. how I'm spending. And yeah. that's that's usually the best reaction. That's one of the reasons you brought the brought it to their attention, right? That's right. You wanted them yeah. to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the funny thing when it comes down to that is, uh, a lot of times people will call in and, and say, well, I need X number of dollars sent to my account or I need this or that. Mm-hmm. And they, they normally talk to, uh, you know, other staff in our office yeah, thinking that we won't know either. about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're a, yeah. a naughty kid it, going. It's not like we're trying to keep their money from them. Right. But right. they call in and think that we're we're not going to know that they called in for that extra five thousand dollars or yeah. or whatever. It because may be. when they leave our meetings, mm-hmm. we've put together a plan, right? Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. We've put together a plan. This is what you need to do. Yeah. And they've kind of signed in blood mm-hmm. that they're going to do that. Yeah. And then they decided they mm-hmm. needed that four wheeler. So, so another reaction that I see uh-huh. is that they say, you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. And if I run out of money, I run out of money and I'll deal with it then. Yeah. And then a third reaction that I see occasionally is, uh, they don't like the advice that you give them. Mm-hmm. And they say, you know what? I can go somewhere else where somebody's going to tell me what I want to hear. Kind of like changing churches because that other preacher tickles your ears, yeah. As opposed mm-hmm. to this one that stomps your toes. That's right, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that's exactly right. Those are the three responses we get. But now, which one was the correct one? The first, the one. first one. 
Right. Without a doubt. That's the one where there's a coming risk. Mm -hmm. We see it. It's raised its ugly head today. We acknowledge it. And you've got a decision. Deal with it correctly. Ignore it. Mm Mm-hmm. Or let somebody else tell you a different song. Right. Or give you a different report, mm-hmm. which is part of a different kind of way of ignoring it. Sure. Right? Mm-hmm. So on a percentage basis, when you have a conversation with people like that, out of 100%, how many of them choose option number one? Let's go ahead and address it. And instead of taking eight hundred dollars a month out of my account, I'll reduce it to four to six hundred and go out to eat less often. Fifty to sixty percent. Okay, which is good, and it's I think a, that's a high percentage. It right? really is. Um, I think that also uh, adds to the fact, or, or or lends to the fact of uh, that that they trust us. Yeah. And, and, and these clients will say, you know what, you're probably right. And sometimes they thank you and they thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, thanks for letting me know. Now it may be different industry wide, but I I would say my experience says probably 50, maybe 60% Mm -hmm. will make an adjustment. Now Mm -hmm. it may not be the entire adjustment that we're telling them they need to make. You need to go from 800 a month to 400. Right. They say, mm-hmm. what about six? They start negotiating with you. They do, yeah. <laughs> but still, that's yeah. a positive thing. It is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons that your percentage is so high is, as you said, they trust us. Mm-hmm. And we kind of warn them on the front end. Right. You know, we're going to start you out, and you're going to be at $800 a month mm-hmm. out of this pile of money. This is your cow, and yeah. we're going to milk it at 800 a mm-hmm. month. But if something happens, right, and we see you need to change you're hiring yeah. us as an mm-hmm. advisor. We're yeah. going to tell you. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like hiring a personal trainer and he comes in and says, you know, that 30 sit-ups, it ain't yeah. working. We need I, to go to 50. I'll, I'll tell you where that comes into play many, many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes around Social Security planning. Mm-hmm. So there may be an individual that decides to retire at age 62 or 63 or 64. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, it makes sense for them to delay Social Security. Okay. All right? Yeah. Uh, And they're going to delay till their normal retirement age of 67, call it. All right? All right. That's the plan. That's the plan. Okay. With with the income that that we would typically be sending Mm -hmm. in that scenario, we tell them on the front end, look, we're going to send this Mm -hmm. to cover the gap until you get to Social Security. And then you need to, to draw back or, or quit taking as much income during that period, Out right? Out of your investments. Out of your investments. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we know that we're going to stress the portfolio for a little while, but then we're going to back off and let hopefully it let it breathe okay. and, and grow a little bit. All right. It's when they start taking Social Security that they're, they're accustomed to the income that they're receiving. Uh-huh. And then they get extra income from Social Security, and they, they just say, you know I'm what, I want to I keep keeping that in, income, right? Yeah. 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 But a lot of Sometimes times, it's possible. Other times, you know, you need to cut back. Yeah, but a lot of times our planning says, as you said, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to plan to stress it for two or three years. Right. And then turn on Social Security. Mm-hmm. So in my example, where you're taking out $800 right. from the portfolio, mm-hmm. when they turn on Social Security, they're probably going to get what? Twelve, fifteen hundred. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's more than they were mm-hmm. getting for those two or right. three years. There, mm-hmm. they're getting a real raise. We yeah. can really afford to maybe yeah. even stop to stop. 
yeah. then you pick it up again when they're age 72. Yeah, yeah. When they get older mm-hmm. and maybe when they're required by law to take mm-hmm. some. But they could have five or six years there That's where right. the thing could breathe and yeah. recover and maybe grow. Mm-hmm. and They could gift. And there's a lot of possibility in the, in the plan if we stick to the plan. That's right. So but, you asked me percentages earlier. Yeah. I'd say another 30% of those don't want to change. Mm-hmm. And then probably about 10% of those individuals will find uh, somebody else. coordinating advice that suits their needs mm-hmm. elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've told this story mm-hmm. about my great aunt, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Great aunt Carrie, she loved her doctor until he came in and told her that she had high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And she needed to quit the sausage. And right. She needed to quit the bacon. And she needed to quit doing uh, that thing with the gravy. Mm-hmm. So what'd she do? Found a new doctor. She got a new yeah. doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and right. You're right. Probably 10 to 20% of us, mm-hmm. we're going to do it. Yeah. I'll give you an example right now in the middle of this pandemic. You know, we've had everybody from famous uh Football coaches to our governors and our president tell us that, you know, you know, now that we're into this thing, you probably ought to be wearing your mask, mm-hmm. at least in certain places. Right. Definitely social distancing. You got, you walk into a Walmart or a Lowe's, you're probably going to find 50, 60, 70 percent mm-hmm. of the people doing that. Right. You're going to find about 20 to 30 percent of it wearing it part-time mm-hmm. they forget it it's not really a habit you got 10 to 20 percent of them you ain't telling them what to that's do. right right mm-hmm. and that's kind of the way it works out sure. here with this conversation of you need to cut back from the 800 dollars a mm-hmm. month and move that down so that is recognizing a risk recognizing a problem and addressing it mm-hmm. it's one of the things that dr kelly says that he has realized about himself and about the investment public that we need to address. We can't stop things from coming out of left field. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't in Wuhan, China. Right. You know, I, I wasn't there when the guys or whatever mixed it up or the bats did whatever. I'm not really sure about how it originated, but I wasn't there. It came out of left field for most of us in America. You know, that, that was tough to really plan for. Mm-hmm. But I can plan for some things that are pretty obvious. Uh, And so we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the risks that Americans and the American economy is facing now that's pretty obvious and what we need to do to address it so it's not a mistake here on Super Talk Radio at the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you. So Bubba, we're talking about uh, risks and mistakes and some of these risks that we've seen quite clearly, but probably really never done anything about, or sometimes we didn't address them and they became really problems, real mistakes uh, in our lives. And right now I'm going to give you a list of uh, some economic risks, mm-hmm. and tell me if you've heard about these in the news. Okay. All right, so the pandemic is worsening. You heard that? Yeah. Uh, we may have an economic relapse. Mm-hmm. 
today's monetary and physical policy stimulus may result in higher taxes, higher inflation, and higher interest rates. I think yesterday's economic stimulus might have done that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, how about there may be a correction in the financial market? Mm-hmm. There's four or five risks there. Yeah. Now, can you do anything about some of those and some of those you can't do anything about? So let's go back through them Mm -hmm. and you say, yeah, there's probably something we could do or no, we're just going to have to hold our nose and get through it. All right. The worsening pandemic. Is there really something I could do about that? That something that I could maybe play a part in related to the pandemic? Well, okay, so this is where I'm going to say that everybody needs to do their part, right? Uh Wash your hands, social Uh distance, that, Uh that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, however, as an individual, I don't think there's much that you can do. Yeah. But as collective individuals, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that occur. Yeah. Could occur. Well, I'll tell you, yeah. like as an individual myself, mm-hmm. I probably can't keep that many people from getting the COVID. Mm-hmm. But if I keep my mother from getting it, right? Or if I keep my brother or my mother-in-law mm-hmm. or my neighbor, that's only one life. Maybe I saved. Right. But it's one life. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and if you do something that saves one or two lives, and Phil, our executive producer, does something that saves one or two lives, you're exactly right. right. Collectively, maybe we could save a few mm-hmm. thousand, mm-hmm. huh? Right, or hundred thousands. So yeah, I mean, there are some things I could do instead of just turning on the news and hearing about the pandemic and rolling my eyes and say I'm tired of that, right? And just flipping the channel. There's probably something mm-hmm. I could do. All right, next one. Uh, economic relapse and a risk that today's monetary policy is going to cause higher taxes. So that's two or three things. Let's yeah. take them one at a time. Economic relapse. Can I do anything about that or make any plans in my portfolio for that? You can make plans in your portfolio if you think that's going to happen. Okay. Uh, you know, you can get more conservative. You can move to cash, move out of investments, harvest profits and or losses if you needed to. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of things that you could do individually okay. that could prepare you for that. Uh-huh. But on the on the grander scale, mm-hmm. if it happens, it happens. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Have you had anybody give you a call and say, ooh, the presidential election is coming? I, I feel at least three to four calls a week. Do you? On that. And I'm concerned mm-hmm. that he's going to get back in there or he's not going to get reelected. You right. hear it on both sides, right? I hear it on both sides. All right. And are there things, let's say that I was concerned about the coming presidential mm-hmm. election two or three months from now. Are there things I could do to feel like I addressed it? Yeah, absolutely. The things you just went over. Mm-hmm. Right. I could get more conservative. Mm-hmm. I could go to cash. I could change my investments. I could harvest mm-hmm. some gains. I do whatever. Let's take one or two of those responses I could 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 have. Um, harvest gains. Okay. What does that mean? It means that you bought some investments and they've gone up in value over the last years. Year or, or you could have done it in the last couple of months. Okay. Right. All right. Um, and you can you can uh, protect your gains by mm-hmm. selling those investments. All right. So I could do that right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Now, what would be my plan with the cash I get from my harvested gains? Well, unfortunately, right now, you're just going to have to sit on it. Okay. You're not going to earn much on it. Because I anticipate right. the market's going to go down. That's correct. But if and when... But your cash is not at risk, uh-huh. or your investment is not at risk if you move, you know, theoretically to cash. All right. So I'm, I do that. Mm-hmm. And then when the market goes down, mm-hmm. 
what do I do? Well, when do you get back in? Uh, That's the question, uh, right? Yeah. The market goes down because, uh, you know, the president is reelected or not reelected, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever your, mm-hmm. your argument is there. Mm-hmm. And the market market goes down and you reinvest. Mm-hmm. And then the market goes down a little bit more. Oh, I'm going to be mad. You're going to be mad and upset. Yeah. Yeah. But probably only temporarily. Only temporarily. Because most of the time markets are moving. That's right. Especially over time. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a good question that mm-hmm. I get a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing to reiterate to, to clients and investors is, are you an investor? Mm. Or a trader? Or a trader or a speculator. Uh, you know, if you're an investor, then you're going you're gonna to buy investments that are suitable for you and appropriate for your long-term needs. Okay. Long-term being the goal there, right? Uh, yeah. But Bubba, it hurts right now. It, yeah, it does. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But long-term. Right. What's the definition of long-term? I would consider five years long-term. Okay. Anything five years or longer. Right. Okay, so anything less than five years, if I know that I'm going to need the money in less Mm -hmm. than five years, I probably don't need to be taking a whole lot of risk with it. Uh, Especially not all of it. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so all these are actions I could take as a response to this risk that the financial markets Mm -hmm. may have some sort of relapse, the economy may have Mm -hmm. a relapse, and there may be a correction. So I can do something. I just don't have to sit here and take it and whine about it. There, there is also a risk that you do something about it and the markets don't relapse. Oh. The markets continue to run. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I've missed it. Yeah. You know, I can go back and give countless examples of uh, flash crashes and, and pandemics and, and Brexits and, you know, a number of different things that would have caused markets to, to pull back. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can also go back and, and give countless examples of, of times when people thought that the markets would pull back and they didn't. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, none of us yeah. have a crystal ball, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, I can have fears yeah. and there are risks and I can do some things but I'm not guaranteed yeah. that the things mm-hmm. I do are going to be perfect. Go back to the Trump election, right? Okay. Um, four years ago. Four basically. years ago, basically. Right. right. And, uh, and at the time, uh, it, it was pretty well understood and accepted that people thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at the polls, even the day of. Even the day of, right? right? And then the futures... After it was announced that Trump was the the presumptive winner, oh yeah, like two or three o'clock in the morning. Oh, it was it was crazy, and on, I I couldn't help myself. You know, I was up. I was like, you know, oh, this is great. You know, I I can't yeah. wait. I've yeah. got a, a great buying opportunity because the market's going to be down like crazy tomorrow. You were seeing this as a long term decision. Absolutely, I was seeing it as a long term decision. Uh huh. So uh, and then we woke up and you know a little fanfare uh-huh. and the markets were a little bit uh, volatile that day, mm-hmm. but I think they closed up mm-hmm. as I recall. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So you know what happened? Mm-hmm. You woke up at about two thirty in the morning yep. and you said yay and you screamed and mm-hmm. you woke up every other investor in the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they all looked at it and said, you know what? 
what Bubba's right. Bubba's right. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I don't care if they were in Singapore mm-hmm. or Russia or India yeah. or Corinth, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, man, this may be a buying opportunity, right? Because it ain't gonna be as bad, and most of the time, it's not as bad mm-hmm. as people scare you into sure. thinking it's gonna mm-hmm. be. Um, and over time, you look. Man, that is a well-run company, and I don't care whether there's a Republican or a Democrat mm-hmm. in the White House. It's a buying opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? That's right. And many people did that day. So the the futures went from being down, what, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six hundred at two o'clock in the morning? At one point, I think they were down 1,200 points. Woo! And then for the day, the market ended up. Right. So can you imagine if you had taken advantage of it? Three mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning, you're in the yep. living room, mm-hmm. you know, like some mad scientist yep. buying. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what the opportunity was there? Yeah. And I think people need to to, to quit. You, you had to be willing to take that risk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think people need yeah. to be um, thinking as a business person. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being emotional. Because when you think as a business person, let's say that you're in the grocery business. Wouldn't you like to buy ground beef cheaper today than you did yesterday? Mm-hmm. Huh? Because if you buy it cheaper, yeah, you can sell it a little cheaper, but you might be able to increase your profit margin. You'd want to do that. Right. You'd, you'd want to be able to buy the things you're going to resell cheaper. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? One of these days, you're going to sell some of these investments you're buying today because you've told me the only two reasons that I hold investments are what? For income or the growth of income. And in order for me to get income when I'm 80, I'm probably going to be selling a little bit of my investments Mm -hmm. I bought when I was 30. That's right. Huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Just like the guy who is in the grocery business buys the ground beef, Cheaper, mm-hmm. so in the future, whether it's tomorrow or three days from now, mm-hmm. he can sell it for higher. That's what you're doing. That's right. Look at it that way. See the these risks sometimes as opportunities. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful, especially if it's long-term mm-hmm. money. And that's one of the points that... Dr. Kelly makes is that we all need to step back and take another look at that plan Bubba put together for. Right. Mm-hmm. And does that plan say that most of the time I'm going to stay in the game? Um, I would say that, in generally speaking, across all plans, that yes, you're going to stay in the game. Okay. You know, these are long term plans. Yep sometimes multi-generational plans that we're talking about here. Okay. So we may be uh, investing your money uh, in anticipation of giving it to grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Absolutely, which is a perfect point for us to go to break on and come back and talk about that. What about the next generation, and what are some of the risks that I'm avoiding so I don't make mistakes now that will benefit them? On Super Talk Radio, the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you. So, Bubba, we've been talking about these kind of anecdotes and antidotes to um, risks and to mistakes uh, and the way we've uh, addressed risk in the past. Um, 
you know, today, so far on the show, we've been talking about risks that maybe we've made. Right. Or risks that clients have made mm-hmm. in present time. What if you could go back in history and you uh, got in a time travel machine and you could go back 40 years okay. and stand over your grandfather's shoulder and just kind of whisper to him certain things that mm-hmm. he could do then, yep. back in the 70s and 80s, that would have positively influenced you and your life. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Oh, yeah. I mean, could you have gone back and talked to Mr. Labus and said, you know, instead of buying that car, Mm -hmm. what if you buy the used car and take the difference and stick it in a Roth IRA? Mm -hmm. Huh? Right. Could you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think most people out there just think if if you could do that, knowing what has happened. Because, see, I'm going to jerk you out of 2020. And, and I think people play that scenario all the time. You know, if I had known then what I know now, uh-huh. how would I have done it differently? Uh-huh. Right? But they don't. Mm-hmm. So I want to play this game because uh, you know you didn't mm-hmm. uh, do well 10 years ago. And you're probably committing the same mistakes mm-hmm. again right, right now. So I'm not going to pick on you. Let's mm-hmm. go pick on granddad. Okay. So let's go back to 40 years. All right. But you're standing there. You're whispering in his ear. You're an invisible Mm -hmm. force, just a spirit. You're trying to affect him. Knowing what you know in 2020. So 40 years ago in 1980, you know what the stock market was trading at? Less than 2,000. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about just the Dow. Yep. What's it at today? I jerked you out of today. 26 and a half. Yeah, it's over 25. You know how many times you got to go from two or Mm -hmm. 3,000 to get to 25 or 26? Mm -hmm. Well, you double once, you go to five or six, you double twice, you get 10 or 11. You're going to, what, four or five doubles? That's right. So if he could have stuck $2,000 a year in a Roth, and he got three or four or five doubles out of it, Mm -hmm. But now, in the meantime, was it an easy ride, Bubba? No, it was not. Huh? Yeah. Would Granddad have had a second-guessed himself? What happened in the 80s? Well, we tried to kill a president. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. What would have been the best investment to make back then? Uh-huh. If we're, if we're playing this game, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And most pe- people would say, oh, you know, stocks for sure. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think probably... Um, very long-term corporate and or municipal bonds should have been in there. Should have been in, in there in your mix because you had very very high interest rates. We're talking uh, so yeah. a lot of people driving down the road. I want you just to yeah. quickly do rewind, okay, and go back to 1980. All right, 1980, you had mortgage rates at what 16 percent, 15 percent, CDs paying 18 percent. Uh huh. And you know what? Yeah. You were getting on CDs right. and you were getting on bonds. Right. You could have bought a 20 or 30 year bond back then yeah. that would have paid you double digits. That's right. So you could have gone from mm-hmm. 1980 with yeah. one of those bonds and gotten to the year 2000 
and every year you could have gotten 10 or 12 percent. Yeah, and and hopefully, uh, you know, around 1987, you sold a bunch of those, <laughs> and then you did some long-term equity call options during the, the crash of 87. See, uh, yeah. you're, you're talking about things that people would not have allowed themselves That's to do. That's right. Because at the time, in mm-hmm. the moment, the risk was on them. Right. The negativity was on them. Mm-hmm. Your granddaddy, I don't care if you sounded like the Holy Spirit talking in his right. ear. He would have mm-hmm. uh, he'd have talked back to you. Yeah. Huh? You just think about it. Mm-hmm. Today, all of this negativity, all these things I just went on here, your grandchildren are are waiting mm-hmm. and their future is going to be determined by the decision you make today. Correct. So in back and we go back in, to 1980. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a little influence today on Granddaddy. Granddaddy Labus yep. is going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. All right. So what would you have told him? You'd have told him some bonds, mm-hmm. some equities, yep. to learn what calls are and what yep. puts are, mm-hmm. and maybe get a good inv- uh, ad- advisor. Right. What else would you have told him? What what could have made your life better? Save as much money as you can and save until it hurts. Yeah, is what I would have and told not him. just for you, Bubba. Yeah, but for your grandmama mm-hmm. and for your sister, right? And for your daddy, mm-hmm. uh, right? That's right. I mean, the decisions I'm making today are not just about me and my present fears. I, I, I think another thing that I would have encouraged him to do is to create a trust. Okay. And I would I would say that just generally speaking, because you look at the statistics and, uh, you know, the majority of inheritances are gone within 18 months. All inheritances? All inheritances. Doesn't matter the Whether size. Whether Phil dies and leaves me 10 bucks or right. 10 million, mm-hmm. most people go through it in 18 months. 18 months. Yeah, I guess you're right. So wouldn't it have been nice to have an old trust sitting out there kicking off income to me today? Wouldn't have allowed you to spend it all in 18 months. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If, if Granddaddy Labus had come to see me and yeah. said, Greg, I want to set mm-hmm. up this trust. Yeah. And I want to put this money, and not just the money from my mm-hmm. investments, but money from my life insurance. Right. And when we sell the house mm-hmm. after Mom and I are gone, want to put all that in there and have this yeah. big pile of money. Don't let Bubba and Katie ha- put their sticky fingers That's on That's right. Mm-hmm. Just send them a monthly check. Yeah. Well, that would have been nice. It would have been nice. Yeah. So do you think that'd be nice for your grandchildren? Oh, yeah. And, and I've got one established. Uh-huh. So you've yeah. done this. I've done this. Okay. So you're fighting today's fears, not just mm-hmm. thinking about yourself and tomorrow about whether the market's gone right. up or whether we've had a present mm-hmm. correction. Right? Right. But you're also thinking about your future and your wife's future mm-hmm. and your children's future and your grandchildren and how good the community can do yeah. if you leave them a little money and a little money to the church and a little money to your favorite college. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff we could be addressing today. It sounds a little bad to say it this way, but I'm, I'm going to take uh, Walter White's words from okay. uh, Breaking Bad. Right. <laughs> I'm in the empire business, right? <laughs> So, you know, if you're familiar with the show, he's he's a drug dealer and he's building this, this you know, great empire of, of everything. But you need to think of it in that perspective, right? You need to build something that's going to last the test of time uh-huh. over a long course of time. Yeah, yeah. And if you're building an empire, mm-hmm. you're building a castle, yeah. you're building a future, you're building a trust, mm-hmm. 
If and it doesn't matter if your empire is $200,000 or $200 million. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You'll get a little benefit out mm-hmm. of this empire. Sure you will. Mama will get a little benefit. Mm-hmm. The kids will get a little benefit. But the future can be brighter. Now, what am I giving up? Well, granddaddy would have had to give up the new car right. to get a used one. Mm-hmm. He could have spent $10,000, mm-hmm. which is a nice car yep. back in 1980. Mm-hmm. On a new car, or he could go spend seventy five hundred on right. a used car, which mm-hmm. still would probably get him from here out to the plant. That's right, where he worked. Mm-hmm. Right, correct. And that difference, a little bit of sacrifice today. That's right. Probably one of those mistakes, one of those things mm-hmm. he could see clearly. But did he address it correctly or not? Right. So we can see some of these things. Guess what? I don't know the day I'm going to pass away, mm-hmm. but Greg Cooley's not going to be here forever. That's right. Huh? Mm-hmm. I'm just not. None of us are. So why avoid it? Why, why not address these things? Well, a lot of it's psychological. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is uh, I live in the moment. Yeah. I'm concerned about all these headline risks. Oh, the economy. We don't like to address our own mistakes. Because uh, I've probably made these mistakes mm-hmm. throughout my adulthood. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, I, I, let me count how many I've made, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether they're economic mistakes right. or personal mistakes or sure. physical mistakes mm-hmm. or spiritual mistakes or whatever mistakes, we make them. Right. But many of them, I can see them coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can feel my anger sometimes. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm almost 60 years old. I got a lot of experience in this yep. body and in this mm-hmm. soul. I know when my anger is getting mm-hmm. up. It'd probably be really good if I just walked into the other room every now right. and then. Right. You know, mm-hmm. if I just bit my tongue yep. every now and then. It would probably circumvent some of these issues and some of these mistakes mm-hmm. I could have made well i'm gonna continue on this this uh, path because there's some really good notes over the next two or three weeks from some things that uh, i took from dr kelly and his presentation uh, about how to handle risk and how to handle the possibility of mistakes and really make sure that i'm i'm planning and i'm sticking to plans and that i'm making good decisions and i'm anticipating the things i can anticipate Mm -hmm. right as opposed to avoid them or go somewhere else where maybe somebody else will say something that tickles my sure. ear. Hope we learned something today here on the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.